trust the movement I negate the chaos Uplift the negative I'll show up at the table again and again Welcome to Grassroot Ohio Conversations with everyday people working on important issues here in Columbus and all around Ohio. I'm Carolyn Harding, and today I'm talking with Bill Lyons, organizer of the Columbus Community Bill of Rights and director of the Ohio Community Rights Network, and Tish O'Dell, Ohio organizer with the Community Environmental Legal Defense Fund. The Columbus Community Bill of Rights is suing the city of Columbus. According to your press release on Wednesday, June 17, a lawsuit was filed in U.S. District Court for Southern Ohio demanding the immediate suspension of a unique Columbus City Charter provision, which places a one-year timeline on ballot initiative petition gathering. The city's June 18 deadline on signature gathering for the petitioners is unconstitutional during the COVID-19 pandemic because it effectively kills ballot access, according to the lawsuit. So what's going on with the Columbus Community Bill of Rights Charter Amendment that if passed at the ballot would give Columbus citizens the right to protect their water from radioactive frack waste dumping over state preemption, which protects the oil and gas CEO's profits over the health and well-being of the people of the Metro Columbus area. Tell us, Tish and Bill, what, where are we right now with this, with this um, ballot initiative, with this charter in Columbus? Well, uh, I can tell you uh, what happened. We were on our fourth campaign. Uh, we had collected enough signatures last time, so we should have been on the ballot. City Council already uh, voted to put it on the ballot. The Board of Elections denied us and the Supreme Court backed them up, but then there's been some uh, changes. And so, uh, the Supreme Court ruled that ours was an ordinance last time for charter amendments that Board of Elections can't keep them off the ballot. So we uh, started our fourth initiative to have a charter amendment. This time, Board of Elections shouldn't be able to stop us if right. we collected enough signatures. So we were uh, we had just over three months left in our campaign when the pandemic happened. So during early voting which uh, happened and on March 12th, we had decided to suspend signatures to protect our health, the public's health, mm -hmm. uh, that it was no longer safe. And all kinds of actions have since come about with uh, Amy Acton's orders. And, and, and of course, Governor DeWine suspended the Ohio's primary because he said that uh, citizens shouldn't have to choose between their uh, constitutional rights and their health. And we agreed. And so naturally, uh, not only for public health, but of course, there were no opportunities to collect signatures because so many events were being canceled. So everyone was at home. No one. Yeah, exactly. No, uh, so we uh, were really counting on all these events that happened during not only the primary where we can get thousands of signatures, but during the warmer weather. So we then uh, decided to um, uh, first we uh, asked the city council to suspend the one year limit which didn't always exist, uh, only in 2014 it became in effect. And as far as we know, no other city in Ohio has this one year time limit. Hmm. But 
we felt like, okay, we, we can't uh, continue our campaign. So uh, told our signature gathering uh, time during this pandemic. They said, no, we, we can't do that. The charter doesn't allow that. And I uh, wrote back, said there's a provision that uh, se uh, section 22 that allows for emergency measures that the city council can act uh, in case of uh, the public's uh, 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 health or welfare to do some emergency measures, which I thought that this certainly qualifies. Well, they, they ignored the request. Uh, then uh, after that, we wrote to the uh, uh, Mashika Roberts, Dr. Mashika Roberts of the health department saying, can you toll our deadline? Because all the other deadlines in Ohio were being extended, you know, uh, for, for various reasons there, getting dog license, getting your driver's license, paying your uh, real estate uh, taxes, on and on and on. Right. So uh, this is about democracy, I thought it was at least as important. She said that as far as she knows that she didn't have that power and she said, work with your city council. So we went back to city council and said that they have the power to put our initiative on the ballot uh, and they agreed to put it on the ballot last time, and we'd already collected up to uh, almost 9,000 signatures at this point, and we still had uh, a little over three months left in our campaign, and uh, so we felt like we would have been for sure gotten the signatures to get it on the ballot, but because it was impossible to continue our right of initiative, that at least they could put it on the ballot and let democracy rule, let the people uh, vote on it. They refused to do that, and thus we had to file the lawsuit. So, Tish, tell us about this lawsuit that 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 CellDef lawyers, nonprofit law firm, helped Columbus Community Bill of Rights. Um, um, I, I guess give the suit to the city of Columbus. Tell us about right. it. Sure. Um, what this is, there's actually had been some other lawsuits filed, and like Bill mentioned, there um, is no one-year deadline in other cities that we know of, and even the state. When there's several campaigns that were going on that were um, state constitutional amendment initiatives, and they don't even have a time limit, but they were trying to get on this November ballot. So they filed lawsuits saying this pandemic has kept us from getting on the November ballot because it's so difficult to collect signatures and ask the court to give them more time or allow them to collect a different way, like via electronic signatures. Well, this lawsuit in Columbus, we decided because that case, they won first at the um, federal level, and then it went to appeals, and the appeals reversed the order. So we thought for the Columbus group, we're not even going to ask those things. We're not going to say, you know, we want electronic filing as an option. The group was very confident of the fact that it's really just this deadline. They thought it was asking a fair thing to say, just give us more time because of this one-year deadline. That's really the problem here. If we don't make the November ballot, that's okay. We'll get on, you know, when we can. The important thing is to get, let the have a voice and to vote on this very, you know, important issue in Columbus. It's about protecting your water. So that's what we asked the court for. So we weren't even asking them to do anything that was city council for that matter, just saying, give us the time back so that we can go out and collect signatures when it's safe for everyone, when it's safe for the petitioners and also for the public. And the court is totally, you know, it's democracy is a 
I would say, a casualty of this pandemic. Like the city and the courts don't seem to care. They just don't seem to care. And for us, I mean, I think this is what you're doing and tying it to COVID even further. Your group that's been pushing for this has been trying to protect a future public health crisis. Exactly. You know, COVID's a public health crisis. You're trying to avoid that in the future. I mean, we've seen communities where their water has been destroyed by fracking and other industrial projects. And so here you are being responsible in so many ways. One, trying to prevent a public health crisis in the future. Also, not going out and petitioning because that would put the public's health at risk and following the governor's and the state's orders. And yet you're being penalized for this. So it has to make you wonder, why do they not want this to go on the ballot? But this was our fourth attempt and um, then COVID hits and um, I'm, you know, what, tell us a little bit about this lawsuit that we just served to the city of Columbus. What does it entail? They were, um, what basically we were asking, we were asking the court and the judge to give a temporary restraining order because as Bill said, you guys tried to work with the council to get do what they needed to do to put this on the ballot, and they refused. So it was basically asking the court to do what the city council refused to do. Okay. So saying, give us a restraining order and then um, and a preliminary injunction so that to give us the time right. to signatures. And we actually gave like three different options to the court to pick from. You know, so unlike make up the three months, um, give us that back when it's safe to go out again and we can actually, there's events because part of this is also that there's no events happening. So it's very difficult to collect signatures. There aren't places where you could go. Of course, the court in their ruling, this judge said, well, of course you could. You could have gone to the Black Lives, or the city attorney said this, you went to the Black Lives Matter protests and collected signatures. Like, you could have gone to the, the protests that were saying reopen the state at the state capitol. You could have gone there and you could have collected signatures. With social distance, six feet apart. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and holding pens. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I mean it, you might have been able to do it if you sprayed every, the pen with you know, sanitizer and, and it would take forever. And, mm -hmm. um, but still, it's, it's not... It's not safe, and they should have given us the time. So the lawsuit, so what did the judge, what has the judge decided? Um, well, the judge made a couple of, one, he kept confusing this issue. He said because the city council and board of elections refused, well, the board of elections refused to put it on the ballot last year, and the court ruled against that, but that was an ordinance. So the judge totally ignored that in between there was a case that went to the Ohio Supreme Court, where the Ohio Supreme Court said, no charter amendments, the Board of Elections cannot rule on the content. You still have to put it on the ballot. And that's how the ruling from the Supreme Court that the Lake Erie Bill of Rights actually got on the ballot in Toledo and people were allowed to vote on that. Right. The judge ignored that completely in his decision. He just kept saying, well, your ordinance last year, the Board of Elections kept it off the ballot and the Supreme Court agreed with them. So this is, you know, you don't have a case here. That was one argument. He also said, you know, obviously the argument we've been talking about that First Amendment rights were never denied. So you could have gone out and collected signatures. You just chose not to. Mm. 
the second one. And then the third um, reason he used is it's called latches. And it means that you waited too long. So why did you wait until two days before the petitions were supposed to be turned in before you filed this lawsuit? Mm-hmm. Which we've in Ohio experienced in many other communities. We've had lots of these lawsuits, obviously, trying to get things on the ballot. And the courts in other cases, if we file too early, then they say, well, the case isn't right. We don't know what's going to happen here. You might have 45 more or 30 days to collect signatures. So it's not time to bring this. You're wrong. So either way, the people, you know, it doesn't matter what argument you make. It's like they still take it and twist and bend everything to use it against you because bottom line is they do not want to know what the people would vote. How would they vote? What's the people's choice in this? And you guys don't even know. Maybe the people would vote no on it. We don't know that. So in on not giving the people that voice. And so it's not just these volunteers that worked on this campaign, but the 9,000 people that signed, their right to actually vote on this has also been taken away. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the next step? I mean, if this judge gave you all those excuses, is that the final, is that the end? Or do we, do we come back and say, no, we want another judge? or we, you're not looking at this issue or this issue, can we rebute, uh, refute it? Or um, what's another word for that when you go back to the judge or, and get another hearing? Right. Um, right now, I mean, this just happened this morning. The judge just ruled this morning. This morning. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're kind of, right now, we're kind of like working with the lawyers, talking, looking at all the options that we can present to the group to see what they want to pursue. I see. Yeah. What about you, Bill, as the um, kind of the spearhead of this campaign? Mm-hmm. What do you think um, the the vol- all volunteer group um, should should consider for okay. the next steps to to protect yeah. our water from fracking? Sure. Well, uh, first, let me just say one other thing, Carolyn, and then I'll I'd be glad to answer that. Yeah. Uh, well, a couple of things is one is because we were waiting on the temporary restraining order, and, and yesterday was our one-year deadline. And since we hadn't had a decision by yesterday, which we were hoping, we did turn in our signatures. Uh, But of course, they weren't enough because we only were able to do it for eight and a half months. Uh, So that's that's the first thing there. Secondly, I just want to emphasize the outrageous nature that the judge and the city attorney are saying that for our democratic right of initiative, we should be willing to risk our health and other people's health to go out and collect signatures in mass gatherings. Uh, not, you know, it's not just speaking. When you petition, you have to explain the issue. You have to exchange clipboards and pens. Uh, how could you take the time to sanitize every single thing you're doing there? And then people are there for a, a, another purpose there. And, and so, and then what about the other months that uh, we, there weren't any protests going on? So that was just outrageous that they and also we could risk being pepper sprayed and and all the other things the hazards that comes with that with that so that was just outrageous but what, just say, what is the names of these judge of this judge and of the uh city attorney well the city attorney is zach zach klein and his, so his he uh, was giving you these like they recommendations? Were giving these kind of arguments yes right okay and do we and know the he, name of the judge uh tiff do you know the name of the judge yeah i'll look it up for you and let you know keep talking okay. Yeah, so just to answer your question, uh, Carolyn, about what's going forward right now. So 
what I can say at this point, because we're still uh, reevaluating and consulting with our lawyers, we're not done, but we have an online petition. And first of all, that people should, if they haven't already, and they're outraged by this, there are several things that they can do to help us. Sign our online petition. They can find it at our website, columbusbillofrights.org. Uh, to sign to say city council put this initiative on the ballot uh, mm -hmm. so people can vote on it there. It's too important. Uh, they can also uh, call them, tell them, also write, write letters to uh, the newspapers to say that this is outrageous uh, and that the people's rights are been violated and and this uh, the people's democratic rights shouldn't be a victim of the pandemic there so those those are a couple things that can be done and then i'd say that uh they if they're not uh if they haven't subscribed to our newsletter they can get on our website subscribe to our newsletter uh we send out updates uh and we might decide on further steps so they can uh, stay involved that way too. I need to do a station ID. It's Carolyn Harding with Grassroot Ohio, WGRN. I'm talking with Tish O'Dell from the Community Environmental Legal Defense Fund and Bill Lyons from Columbus Community Bill of Rights and the Ohio Community Rights Network. I have a, a couple questions about the city of Columbus, the city council. Um, why are the council members fighting this ballot initiative? I mean, they could put it on the ballot with a two-thirds vote. Why won't they do it? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> one of them is, I, I don't know, uh, one can uh, suppose that, well, are they looking at their political careers? Are they worried about big money donors? Who knows? I'm not going to say I have proof of that, but I know that some of the arguments that uh, like Elizabeth Brown and others are given is that, well, uh, the state has preemption on this, okay? So she knows and she agrees that fracking is something that we are, should be very concerned about, that we should try to prevent any harm of that coming to Columbus. But rather than speaking out about that, she's just saying that, well, our initiative uh, will just be struck down. Uh, and so we feel like, first of all, if she feels like we are on the right side of things by protecting our, the public's health, and future generations, then why isn't she speaking out against the fact that the state is preempting uh, local communities like Columbus from protecting their health? The people who live there should be the ones who, who decide whether they want to take toxic waste and radioactive waste or not. Uh, Just so a, little, um, a little um, brief description of why Columbus should be concerned about this frack waste, because yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of big reasons. One is that we're getting this liquid water waste injected mm -hmm. in old abandoned vertical oil wells in our watershed north of us. Right. But also it's legal to spread radioactive brine on mm -hmm. roads in mm -hmm. Franklin County. And this is, it's been tested by ODNR as being really highly radioactive, right? Yes, it has radium in it, radium 226, 228. It's Radium is so dangerous because it's water soluble and then our bodies absorb it and treat it like it's calcium. It gets deposited in our bones and cause leukemia. Uh, and of course, children are very susceptible to this. Uh, and uh, so like you say that uh, currently it can be spread on roads 
and then also uh, the solid waste, which is what they call euphemistically drill cuttings, which is also uh, radioactive and toxic, uh, is getting dumped into landfills throughout the state. And we're trying to prevent that from coming to our landfill. And so this is not just about protecting only Columbus water, but also the 19 plus uh, 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 the uh, suburbs and municipalities who also buy their water from Columbus. I want to just um, shift a little bit. Um, today is Juneteenth, which is a very powerful day in, in the African-American community, um, um, symbolizing the end of, um, of slavery. And we've just gone through COVID and we've gone through, we're still going through Black Lives Matters uprising and, and demand for justice. Why is this important? Why should we fight this even when there's such important other issues going on? What you've been doing, you know, it's, it's really tied together and it ties together quite well because what we're seeing with all the Black Lives Matter protests is that it's a local, the local people want to change their laws having to do with police right, defunding the police, even dismantling their police departments. And not every community is the same, right? I mean, not everyone has the same beliefs, maybe not everyone has the same need, whatever. And so we saw that in Minneapolis. And your issue is no different. I mean, why shouldn't you be allowed in other communities? We have the, ba the history of other communities' water who's been destroyed by certain events and activities by industry. So why do you have to wait until you're harmed, your water, or you, your cancer rates shoot up and you become a cancer cluster and all those things? You're saying, no, we want to stop this before it happens. So it's all the same. It doesn't really matter the issue, whether it's labor issues, trying to raise the minimum wage because you don't want to bring more poverty jobs into your community, um, people fighting um, GMOs in their community, so farming issues, compressor stations, pipelines, right? All those things. And a community right now, and the preemption that you've talked about, Elizabeth Brown has said publicly, and to you guys, I guess, she went on your tour. She, she witnessed, she's listened to you. So you did the part about educating your local elected, admits that it's dangerous, and yet... She's saying that fear of a lawsuit is more important than protecting the health, safety, and welfare of the people of, and environment of Columbus. And not all electeds do. I mean, they're the ones who were tasked with that responsibility. The city law director, his job is to protect the municipal corporation of Columbus. He doesn't represent the people. So in other words, he's doing his job when he's saying, you know, hey, you might get sued if this ever gets on the ballot and gets passed. So he's doing what he's supposed to. But those council people and the mayor that you elect, you elect them to protect your health, safety, and welfare. And there's also electeds throughout the country that are taking a stand on this. I mean, those electeds in Minneapolis that are saying, yes, we're willing to defund and dismantle the police and put in place something better. They're really thinking about their community and doing their job. We have town supervisors in Grant Township, Pennsylvania, who are trying to keep an injection well out of their community. They've been sued by industry. They've been sued by the EPA in their state. And they're still determined. They're saying, we are not going to let our water get destroyed because our community will be destroyed. Those are the kind of elected, local elected officials you need. Some with some backbone. Can I add one thing to that, Carolyn? Yeah. 
When you mentioned about Juneteenth, and we know that historically, uh, people of uh, uh, brown and black communities uh, suffer the brunt of environmental harms. Mm -hmm. So, and the uh, uh, the uh, you know uh, the march for racial injustice is linked with environmental injustice, democratic and societal injustice. These are all linked together, and uh, we all need to support each other. In fact, the uh, movement for Black Lives, which is organizing a lot of events today and for the Juneteenth, uh, has organized some of these events with a lot of uh, environmental groups. So, and um, one other thing, I just want to say about what Tish was saying about city council is, well, uh, Pittsburgh also has a state, is a state, uh, uh, Pennsylvania is a state that has preemption over oil and gas uh, activities, uh, local regulations, and Pittsburgh took the courageous step of their city council in passing a community bill of rights, very similar to what we've been trying to do back 10 years ago. So uh, it can be done, and they haven't been sued. We don't know if that would happen in Columbus, but even if it did, uh, we feel that uh, it's worth fighting the injustice of telling us we can't keep this stuff out of our That's hands. what I want to hear, some wins. I, I understand Grant Township got some wins, Tish, um, in Pennsylvania. Are they still fighting? Oh, yes, they're still fighting. They're still huh. fighting. Yeah, the fight. I thought they had won the right to ban <laughs> well. injection wells. Mm -hmm. I mean, so far, I mean, they're still in court. The EPA has backed down that that suit where they were actually suing a community for protecting the environment of their community. I mean, it's total madness and craziness. Yeah, so that part, but there's still other um, issues going on there in Grant. But the important part to me in that whole defining wins and losses is so important because what's actually a movement? We're saying these are systemic problems with our government. Mm-hmm system. And so what Black Lives Matter is doing is really great because they're protesting. They're out in the streets protesting. But what you guys are doing by fighting in the legal realm, that's just another place to fight. The fight happens in all kinds of arenas. It's not one single bullet action that's going to change everything. So, you know, that's, we kind I know we want that. We would love to have just one thing happen and we win, but that's not how movements for change ever happen. So, people in Columbus either getting discouraged by this because you're part of a movement. We also have a federal lawsuit going on saying that as they're trying to take away the people's right to propose law directly. So think about this and what Bill brought up. I mean, the injustice happens traditionally and a lot of times in communities that are poor, people of color, a lot of times their communities. And so they don't have the resources to fight in and things like that. So one, I think it's important that people in communities that can't afford it do do it. Oh, sorry. Oh. I don't know how to turn off my timer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we get that. with that, we do have uh, 30 seconds, and I just want to wrap it up. Um, City Council, Columbus City Council is fighting us. They could put it on the ballot with two-thirds vote. It's like um, uh, um, during abolition when folks wanted to get rid of slavery and having the city council say, well, we really don't want to get rid of slavery, but we'll get sued. That's exactly. how I see it. Yeah. Exactly. And I, and I think they need to be brave and protect our water. And I'm so thankful for your hard work, both of you, and thanks for being on Grassroot Ohio. And do you have one word of wisdom to our, our audience? 
one sentence or two. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Bill. Well, I would say that uh, one phrase we like is that uh, we don't uh, lose in, until we quit. And if we're not going to quit, we don't. We haven't lost. All right. That's right. How about you? That's Tim? a great one to end it on. So don't give up, Columbus. We're going to keep fighting. All right. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thanks, Thank Carolyn. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio, 94.1 FM, WGRN.org. We air Friday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to all our previous shows archived on the top post of our Grassroot Ohio Facebook page. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back. Come down, come down.